0: This is the truth of it. Fighting leads to killing. And killing gets to warring. And that was damn near the death of us all.
1: Look at us now. Busted up and everyone talking about hard
0: rain. But we've learned by the dust of them all, Barter Towns learned. Now when men get to fighting, it happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter... One
1: man leaves.
2: So this is uh, episode three. Uh, I'm Jason.
3: I'm Richard. I'm Danny.
2: Okay, so I guess we should we should deal with that first. I think we probably should. Uh, The individual who sounds uh, a little bit like Richard is not in fact Richard, but Danny, and uh, Danny is not in fact uh, a different personality of Richard's. It's actually his younger brother, Danny Lajoie. Uh, who uh, was kind enough to join us today and become our impromptu guest? So, welcome uh, welcome to Fire in a Hole. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, that's another thing, too, is we finally found a name for this thing, right? Finally. So, Fire in a Hole, uh, it is. Um, what does it mean? What is it about? Why did we choose it? Um, the short story is it sounds awesome. Um, it has some sort of meaning for me. I don't know. What about you, Richard?
3: It wasn't taken. It wasn't taken. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a difficult thing, right?
2: Oh, there's our sound check. Yeah, we had this exact same hap- thing happen the episode motorcycle one. Guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just as we started. So there's a sound check uh, yeah. guy. Uh, That's we, how you know
0: the podcast has begun. Is the motorcycle? The motorcycle. Yeah, we, we maybe we should add that into the
2: intro. And we we definitely need to make that part of. Uh, <laughs> it's a tradition now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, me thinking maybe the guy next door was just like, oh, and oh, they're off. Okay, and then he runs downstairs, <laughs> yeah. and revs the mic. Just ready to pounce. The yeah, so firing a hole is you know uh, an expression you may have heard in uh, war films uh, and such. Um, generally, something that is shouted before a grenade is thrown into a foxhole, or I seem to remember it in uh, Terminator. Yeah, it's a military term. Yeah, right. But the idea behind it for us is that uh, um, we're also trying to, I guess, clear the foxholes or clear clear the channels. We're trying to. Create a reaction uh, without being too rebellious about it or too abrasive about it. But we're we're trying to create the whole the whole idea behind this was to start broadcasting um, a, a an extreme moderate message. So the idea is that we have now in our society ample you know examples like like everywhere you look now, everywhere you, you, you sit, you're going to be bombarded with messages from corporations, messages from advertisers, messages from the media, the mainstream media. And then if you are the kind of person that's interested in that thing, you can go and seek out like the anti-establishment, you know, whether it's listening to music underground, this underground, the other thing. So there's like a counter revolution or a counter argument. And then, then you have the moderates, right? So you have the guys who, tend to research and think about things and sometimes come up with some pretty good ideas. And I say guys, I mean, you know, ladies as well. Um, but those people don't tend to speak up that much,
3: right? Um, and we talked a bit about clickbait last time, I think, right? Yeah. And it, those always tend to be extreme ideas. Right. It's, ne- it's never an ex- like a moderate point of view. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You'll never believe. Uh, this guy walked into a store and you'll never believe what happened. Yeah. Where yeah. are the reasonable
3: people? Where are the people who are actually thinking about stuff? I was yeah. thinking about it at one point cuz like
0: <clears throat> oftentimes you see uh, you just see the headline which is a purposely provocative headline to get you to clickbait or to click on it but uh, but oftentimes you don't end up actually going and reading the article. So I wonder how many ideas are propagated by people just seeing the headlines themselves and then and then that being the talking point, that being the actual like, yeah. the idea and you're not, no one's actually going and reading the rest of the article. Yeah. You're just propagating what you saw in the headline for each thing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
2: And I, clearly advertisers have caught on to this, right? Because uh, you have these services now like Discus and so forth that are just message board aggregator um, software people. Uh, that means dollars were poured into a system that could cross-platform just immediately provide a place for people to go at it Um, you know obviously for ad dollars and to hit to to provide hits but also because they could count on this contingent of uh, you know screaming, yelling, extreme opinionated
3: people and whether you're, you're for or opposed you're still gonna click on that same extreme link right so they're just looking at all the clicks that they're getting and they're just trying to make it as sensational as possible, mm-hmm. and checking their analytics to see how many clicks they're getting. Yeah. and the yeah. more sensational it is, the the better it is. So they just keep upping the ante, upping the ante.
2: Yeah, it's it's completely self perpetuating. Uh, it, it's 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 almost an AI level, self sufficient, system, right? And uh, I mean, and I'd like to talk about this with you if uh, if you want to share some of your thoughts on this uh, a little bit later. Um, so just just in case you guys are wondering. Why we had, or why are we having Danny on? I mean, it's yes, he was available, which is really awesome. Also, we know him, uh, especially Richard, being that he's his brother, but also you um, have the same voice. You have the same voice. Your your own mother, from what I'm told, asks. Ask you guys when you call home. Like, yeah, w- which one are you?
0: Oh, we we mess with her like uh, we'll pass the phone back and forth, and she won't actually know. <laughs> nice. <me. laughs> that's um, that's
2: like being twins, right? Yeah. that classic '80s
3: film thing where you. Uh, yeah, we're
2: voice twins. You run the you run the race, and the other one hides behind the bleachers and takes over halfway through the race. Yeah, we
3: were talking about that with some some twin friends of ours that we. We have a little bit of, of that. We, you know, we yeah. Can, we're, we're basically as that. close as it gets to twins.
0: If you can be twins and seven years apart, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, we're
2: voice twins. Yeah. So um, that was obviously one reason, but also you um, you are at least. I mean, I've known you now for a, a couple of years, and uh, I know that you're probably, probably over ten, something like that, yeah. easily. But I mean, we've gotten to know each other as friends, as people, like maybe in the last five, six. Years we could say, yeah. But uh, I was definitely peripherally—I uh, I didn't manage to use that word properly. I was peripherally ava- uh, aware of you for, for at least a decade now. And uh, you're you're a musician, yeah. Uh, you're um, a singer-songwriter. Um, you're like a one one man sort of band, right? And I mean, a lot of people say the whole like I'm a singer-songwriter, but like you really—I've seen you. I know you really. You do it from A to Z. Yeah. And that's kind of been your life, right?
0: Yeah, that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, most of my mental energy is is that. My head in the clouds all the time. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find uh, inspiration, you know.
2: So that's, that's definitely something I'd like us to talk about it as far as what your perspective is. Because uh, while we've been going on a couple of topics, uh, it's kind of always come back to the social dynamics, how people react to what, how we react to things, and then how the internet has just skewed or put everything on this whole different playing field now yeah Um, uh, like that this this uh, you know like sensitivity to everything and Mm -hmm. and we talked about trigger warnings and fat shaming and uh, body shaming and slut shaming and just all these buzzwords being thrown out like on a weekly basis yeah and then people reacting for and against and then apologies and then counter-apologies and then people getting fired so Uh, these are some of the things that fire in a hole is interested in. It's really it's really about smoking out some of these issues, right? To use a... well done, well done, yeah. <laughs> <Thank you.
3: laughs> tying like... it all together. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I also I also like the fact that fire in the hole is something that you would yell when you want someone to cover their ears. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of ironic, you know. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually,
2: yeah, that's exactly why they used to yell it, right? So that everyone would sort of take cover because yes. someone's about to blow some shit up, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, that's kind of interesting.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're about to blow some shit up with some moderate points of view. Yeah. <laughs> so, so
2: suddenly, suddenly I feel like like uh, all this pressure now to have have really, uh, you know, incendiary things to say. Uh, yeah. And, We just want to talk (laughs) and occasionally stumble across something. uh, Prepare your
3: ears for some truth. (laughs) Fire in a hole,
2: man. Here it comes. Truth bomb coming in. But uh, as as we mentioned earlier, fire in a hole is also something that in my group of friends, uh, we we yell at each other when we're out of beer. Yeah. Right? I'm not sure who started it, but it somehow seems to be like a thing. Yeah. Like, give me another. So, yeah. So, uh, this idea of um, sensitivity, this idea of reacting and then maybe not even reading the material mm-hmm. or not listening to the song or uh, One thing I and I this is something that I wanted to ask you about. Um, yeah. so I've listened to music my entire life I, I consume it in a very um, You know aware present way. Yeah, and I, I think maybe some people straight up just don't care mm-hmm. Like, not, not, not a knock against them, but, like, it's not as crucial to them.
0: It's background noise for a lot of people. Yeah. That's why you have people that, the, I listen to everything people, and you say, really, do you listen to everything? Do right. you listen to opera? you listen to, like, fusion jazz? Yeah. No. What they, what they mean is anything. What they mean is... I put on the radio and listen right. to whatever other people decide mm-hmm. they are going to listen to. You know, that's not listening to
3: everything. It's just not caring what no, you're right. listening to. And that's, I mean, that, that's, that's the musical equivalent of saying, I don't see race. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, whatever the case is, it is with those people. I know for a fact that uh, everyone sitting at this table, particularly you, I mean, mostly you. Um, I mean, we care about every single... Harmony note everything right. We're like yeah. constantly focused. Yeah. That's for myself. I don't know about you, Richard, but I need to shut it off sometimes because it's exhausting. Because I uh, some if I'm not paying attention to it, I can't listen to it. It bugs me. Right. I have
3: different types of music for different types of activities. Absolutely, right. yeah, you yeah. Know? And I optimize my experience for that. Mm-hmm. What? But the the main thing that I notice between for myself and probably for you guys too is is that most people have the music kind of spoon-fed to to them like like you're saying like just turn on the radio and whatever's playing is playing yeah whereas we all go out and actively search for the stuff that we're passionate about right and take the effort to you know download subscribe or whatever and yeah turning on the radio is just not going to cut it right because yeah. we're not going to get the payoff from that yeah
0: exactly uh, and there's a lot of services right now that are um they're sort of capitalizing on the fact that people you Know there's a lot of very casual uh, music listeners that are willing to just have the playlist. Uh, you know, like is it Songza? Is yeah, it Songza? That's, Songza. It's all playlists, right? It's mm-hmm.
3: curated playlists by quote unquote DJs, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
0: so, like, you just put on a playlist that's for a particular setting, you know, like you type
2: in, like, a, a you know, a lounge. And then it gives you a bunch of lounge music. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or like party night, nineties uh, party night, and that's just like a Chilling bunch of Chilling with Friends or, Yeah. Or and like, bu- and then there'll be a bunch of songs that are that that are like curated for that particular setting.
3: Right. There's a huge audience for that. But Absolutely. that's exactly this kind of stuff that I find completely unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, I would much prefer to make my own playlist mm-hmm. for those situations, you know, and like like you were saying, you have different music for for different uh, um, settings and, and different things that you're trying to do. For me, if I'm trying to read, uh, I can't listen to anything that has lyrics. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah. If and, I'm editing
2: I'm, uh, or I'm I'm
0: doing anything like that, yeah, yeah, I can't. So I tend to listen to like uh, Explosions in the Sky or like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sometimes like even just like really ambient stuff. It's it's a nice backdrop, but it's not going to distract you from. From what you're doing at the time,
3: right? You know, yeah. Or if it's in, in a language you don't understand, sometimes that's okay. Right. Or yeah. like world beat kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, have beat. you ever heard
0: opera in English? No, I yeah. heard English opera. Yeah, it's, it's super distracting. It's ridiculous! It sounds so funny. It's very wow. weird. I rented. This is dating myself a little bit, but like, rent from the library. Nixon in China. Uh, mm. It's an opera about Nixon's visit to China. And it's and it's all in English and it's the most ridiculous thing you'll ever hear in your life. It's like, you know, like, like
2: you're because you have you're trained your mind and your ears to you're like there's an assumption that opera is going to be in Italian or whatever yeah. or you're just not going to understand what the fuck they're talking about and that's the whole point. Right, and then it's
0: just an instrument. Right, the voice just becomes an instrument at that point. As soon as it's in English and you actually hear what they're saying. Yeah. This is one science Remember it's like news, news, news has a has a has a kind of mystery, has uh, as a kind of history and you're like, Oh Jesus, my god. Christ. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so That's silly. That's like yelling in Italian the <laughs> yeah, whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I should uh, I should
2: take this opportunity to, to just say that as much as I love music, musicals yeah. oh, I hate it. I cannot fucking stand musicals Me too, man. and it's not some sort of you thing that's developed time. with age or or you know um uh, grit or cynicism yeah even as a child like i would get
0: like violent yeah <laughs> right i've then. learned to hate it more and more as i've gotten older i'm like this is not my thing at all i like theater that's no problem yeah i like music yeah. don't put them together can I we can I'll we don't...
2: touch upon that just for one brief second here what is it about musicals that's so fucking irritating
0: it's kind of like it? It's kind of like the way the burlesque, burlesque is like the lowest form of entertainment, because it's just. (laughs) It's like we
2: want to sing and dance for you, but we're worried you're not going to care, so here's a nipple.
0: I think part of it, it's almost like the shampoo and conditioner sort of situation, where, (laughs) where it's like. It's, it doesn't do either one that well you know, like, <laughs> like the two-in-one the two-in-one situation. shitty theater plus like, shitty stripping this is like I'm not I'm not, yeah. I'm not the greatest singer I'm not the greatest dancer right. but let's throw in some stripping some singing and like we'll get you in the door with this idea I'm gonna strip a little bit uh-huh. But then I'm gonna sing and dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like
2: the show. We don't we don't have any specific, uh, you know, a value or entertainment yeah. thing to draw people in. But uh-huh. we'll just try to try to keep you here with a couple of different little, little uh, you know gems. Right. It's like each one, is like
0: a watered down, <laughs> watered down version of what that is. So right. There's a bit of theater. There's a bit of stripping. There's a bit of singing. There's you know. Is yeah. there actually or, stripping though? Because yeah, the there's ones there's. that I've seen in burlesque. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, usually there's. But I've seen like there's like a girl with all these balloons all around her. (laughs) Like it's a costume of balloons, and she's popping them as you go. But like she's got like a full three-piece suit underneath. You you went to a shitty one. (laughs) I think, usually, I, I think usually I didn't go to one. I just like to clear up that I did not. You've not gone to one. a burlesque. <laughs> I saw show. it online. Oh, I see. I thought you <laughs> accidentally walked into a burlesque show. No, no. I think
0: they usually I go don't. as far as like they'll strip down, uh, but then they'll always have like nipple tassels. Or oh something yeah, like that. nipple oh, tassels. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, whoever invented those, right?
0: Uh, Invented specifically for burlesque. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah,
3: true. You don't see nipple tassels in any other situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but okay, so why in the bedroom <laughs> ever? <laughs> no, <laughs> honey, go get the nipple tassels. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting
0: um, freaky tonight. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, this this escalated quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. I don't know. Just, just so I can, just so I can keep this on track here, or try. You are suggesting that, like burlesque, and like uh, all-in-one shampoo conditioner body wash shampoos, yeah. uh, musicals uh, please no one because, or at least please us not, yeah. uh, because there's a mediocre. Dancing, mediocre, like there's mediocre everything in it.
0: It's it's like a, yeah, it's a watered down version of music and a watered down version of of uh, theater because mm-hmm. you have to you have to put them together and so for for us, I would much rather see a great actor right. and then listen to a great piece of music than have watch somebody have to put the two together and, and, and make it work. Yeah, I don't I don't want it.
2: I don't know. I mean, okay, so. I'm a filmmaker. Um, I studied film. Uh, film is what what I love. I've watched a bunch of it. I'm not a cinephile. Uh, and I'll go into this another time. Like just like, and this, there's parallels here, right? Yeah. There's uh, the, there's the ability or the, the the compulsion to make music because you're inspired, because it's what you, your soul tells you, because it's what you you're hearing the beat, the rhythm, and then there are people who consume a fuck ton of music, mm-hmm. and then like if you ask them to explain their music, it's uh, this like thesis on their sources, right? Yeah. So you find this in art a little bit everywhere, right? So while I'm not a cinephile, I have watched a lot of movies, but for f- there is a suspension of disbelief, even with music, right? Where you have to go like, okay, this is a bunch of guys with corpse paint on and spikes mm-hmm. and they're just going to shriek about burning churches or whatever the fuck it is or about, uh, you know, killing Christians or whatever it is if you're listening to that kind of music mm-hmm. and here you are in your office or in your car going to your nine-to-five job. There's a suspension of disbelief, right? There's a there's a theater aspect, performance aspect to it uh, but it seems like when you listen to musicals, uh, even if I'm like, okay, this is me, this is Les Miserables, this is whatever the fuck, the second they just like I guess maybe it's the transition, because they're like, oh, uh, you know, uh, George, c- come on in. Would you like some cake? Do
0: I want some cake? Yeah, and I as soon cake? as it makes that transition la, 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 to a la, 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 song, la, 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 you're la, like, ah, fuck,
3: here we go. Yeah, yeah it pops yeah. you out of the story, right? Like yeah, exactly. You're, you're yeah, just, yeah. you're not into it anymore. It's yeah. like a commercial break. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking exactly. ridiculous. Yeah.
2: It's fucking ridiculous. And in the, big, in the big leagues, like in the major pictures, it's always these super high rated actors who want to convince us that this is another hidden talent they had. Right? And uh or that you have these weird guys like Hugh Jackman (laughs) who literally their career consists of Wolverine. Right? And blowing shit up. And then the gayest, and I mean gay as in happy and but also gay. Uh like (laughs) no business. Like show business. Like like with the hat and the whole bit like Broadway yeah. silliest fucking musicals you could possibly imagine so
3: they've tried a lot of that stuff in in mainstream too. remember cop rock cop rock <laughs> oh my god cop rock it was like a it was like a crime a... drama musical on tv primetime cop rock like sometime in the 90s or something it was Jesus. the most ridiculous thing ever
2: this is the worst thing I've ever I heard. wish we could just play some of the, it. Right like right. I'm going to
3: put a, a link in the description. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. I'm going to
2: find a sample. Along <laughs> with
0: Nixon in China. It's one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things you'll ever see because cop like, up. it's a regular cop drama and then all of a sudden they break into song, and it's like the prisoners just like the doors swing open and oh, they come no, out and become no. part of the song oh, yeah. and stuff. So. It's so all crazy. the cops
3: jump onto their desks and start doing a little dance routine.
2: <laughs> Someone's making a beat with like the typewriter <laughs> thing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That totally, sort of shit? totally, totally. totally Jesus. I mean, now when I look back to it, I wonder if they were serious about it or if they knew how ridiculous the idea was, and they were just kind of trying to. Play on that.
2: Well, Broadway has this in, these, this history of like periodically infiltrating Hollywood, right? And then it'll go away because people are annoyed as fuck about it. And then right. suddenly, it's Mamma Mia is number one at in the theaters, and Pierce Brosnan and Meryl Streep are running around singing rock right. songs or whatever. Or that other one they did with uh, Tom Cruise, where he like grew his hair out
0: and he was like a rock star. Oh, that's recent, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
2: they'll be they'll go through phases, right? Yeah. And then it'll go back underground, back to Broadway. But they've
3: gotten better at it since since Cop Rock, though, right? Because, <laughs> because, because no, not necessarily. Well, Glee, Glee right? is a fucking phenomenon, oh, that's man. True. Like that's people true. lose their shit over Glee. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that that show.
0: Like a cult following. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ, it. that show. Did you guys see? Um, um, have you, did you guys ever get into American Horror Story?
2: No, yeah. I'm saving it. Okay, I'm so the, it.
0: so the. Producer, or main dude. One of the main dudes is the same guy that does Glee, okay. For American Horror Story, so the first season was great. It was really scary. It was really like they they built this this uh, atmosphere, and like mm-hmm. you were like really freaked out by it. by the third season, uh, or third of, yeah
3: third season. They start bringing song numbers no. into. That's where I dropped off. I didn't. I this paying. happened this happened I man. saw the first couple of seasons they were okay
0: first two seasons first season is like a haunted house thing second season is like an asylum uh-huh. thing
2: I heard I heard like rave, rave, like Those rave are reviews great. and then Those suddenly it dropped off the map third
0: season it goes this they is become why. witches uh-huh. or like the the, the like story a is about the coven of witches yeah it's a coven of witches and then one of the witches is like this huge fan of Stevie Nicks and then, the like Nicks. And then they get Stevie Nicks to actually oh, be a part yeah, of the show oh yeah true I did you see that you saw that yeah, yeah. And that then, was so weird. And then all of a sudden, they have musical numbers during a horror show. What the fuck? And, and like one of my coworkers was saying, like can't be scared while there's singing going no. on. No. Like you no. know like,
2: in fact you start singing when you're in a scary situation to relieve your you're like you're like when you're alone in an alley you're
1: like everything is fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nothing's wrong. La la, la, la. Like to your children, right? To, no, to but, like, you mom. Can, well one of the one of the like classic uh trailer things that you hear now is like kids singing like a, oh. a creepy version like, of a From my
2: nightmare on Street type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Three, like, four, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you know those or songs like,
2: were about the plague? Yes, we've news we know.
3: <laughs> <when>
2: <laughs> and like it trail it dis- gets discordant.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bra, Bra, it's like a
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Bra>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we just wrote a horror score. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah. Go team. So uh
0: so yeah so musicals suck (laughs) I like how you're trying to reel this I'm trying to reel this, this is my job I'm a
2: teacher uh, because as I said I'm a filmmaker therefore I have another job (laughs) that's teaching and this is what I have to do I have to get people's uh, stories all to sort of fit into a theme but I think uh, we will all gain from it (laughs) (laughs) but I don't, it's because I don't want to lose my ideas. so yes thank you for taking this time to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that musicals are the the are, worst thing the, ever. just the worst yeah. right they're horrible yeah. um cabaret all this other stuff it's very niche um, so uh you started mu- making music at what age
0: nine nah, well i started writing as soon as i like uh learned i learned three chords on the guitar and i started writing songs as soon as i learned three chords
2: okay so that so was right away a compulsion
0: immediately yeah up until that point, it was always just figuring. I'd figure out little things on uh, on my aunt's keyboard and stuff. Like I'd, I'd go in her basement and, and figure out right. melodies and stuff. Because
2: like, every family had uh, at least one keyboard in their house yeah, somewhere, yeah, exactly, <laughs> even yeah. if was it the little one yeah. with yeah. the internal speaker. But everyone, yeah. Yeah, this is a thing that we didn't acknowledge about our, our generation. We all had somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like somewhere
0: you have that little like everyone the, the demo button. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we
2: play some ripoff version of uh, Paul Abdul song. You know, yeah, you can get the rights. I remember like
0: all those little demo songs from like it, like the the shitty keyboards, yeah. the shitty Casio keyboards.
2: So you were so you were fooling around with these little keyboards, and then you got a guitar.
0: Well, yeah, I was fooling around with my aunt's keyboards, and then eventually she she got me my own keyboard. That was like the best nice. gift I've ever gotten. Nice, it was wonderful. It was um, a Nintendo of its time. <laughs> it was a Casio keyboard. But uh-huh. It was like a big one. I think uh, I have that one. Yeah?
2: Yeah, does it play the Paul Abdul song? No,
0: it plays um it plays I think it's a Rick Astley song. Oh. It's okay. it's not the the, the Rick the Roll one. one. It's a different one. It starts <laughs> Oh yeah, forever and ever. Yeah, that was the demo song. Yeah, okay, for that okay, one. nice. Yeah. I remember it like uh, fucking, fucking out of that
2: thing. Uh, yeah. On a side note, I, for for most of the late '80s. I had a confusion where I thought Rick Astley had become Everlast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Don't ask me why. But I, thought I always that... pictured
0: him as a black dude. I never really? thought he was white. Uh, Rick Astley? Rick Astley. Because he
2: has a bit of that like baritone in him. Yeah. His, like that full voice. I was voice.
0: so weirded out when I saw when I first got uh, Rick Rolled. Right. I, I, was, I wasn't freaked out by the fact that I got like, Rick Rolled. It was more like... Wait, some white, white this white whole girl. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, it's so. always been like this. <laughs> Am
2: I white? <laughs> so you you uh, you fool around. You get your own keyboard.
0: Yeah. What happens then? Uh, so I start playing around with that, and then my aunt dies. Oh. Oh right. Aunt, okay. So she died when I was nine. And um, you were she, close. She was. She was. She was like a yeah a second it's, mom type situation? It's weird because like I've, I've spent so much time, like I've spent way more time alive without her in my life than right. with her in my life, but she's still such like a huge uh, part of who I am, I feel. So anyways, uh, she had a classical guitar that it was like in the closet at the cottage that, her cottage that we used to go to. I remember pulling that guitar out, and like I was just a little kid, so I would put it like across the arms of like an armchair and just strum away. Oh, right, and like right. I didn't know how to do anything. You looked though. like uh,
2: uh, Angus Young.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then she dies, and all of a sudden I have that guitars right there, and uh, and so I started playing that guitar, and I asked I wanted guitar lessons so that I could actually really do it for real. Mm-hmm. So, my mom, at one point we went on a fishing trip, ice fishing trip. I brought that guitar, and her friend brought his guitar, and he showed me three chords. And, and it, it just
2: opened was, up a new,
0: like. Yeah, and I was trying, like, I'm like, show me more, but and then he got into, like, no, nah, shut up, kid, I'm playing now. A lot of likes. Uh, it was kind of like, but can I give some more chords? And he gave me three, and it was a good start. So, I went home and I took those three chords and started immediately writing songs with those three chords.
2: That's very interesting. The fact that that was an immediate compulsion because I don't think that's the case for most people, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it is with other people. I've I've talked to a lot of um, uh, songwriter friends that I have and I feel like for the most part I feel like our processes are very different. I've never found anybody that has the same process that I do. mm so I don't. I, I really don't know how it is for other people, but I always immediately started hearing uh, song
2: ideas. Okay. So for for you, it was never about like, hey, look, I can do. Uh, you know, come as you are. Like that was never the payoff. No. It was like, wait, check this out. I did dun, 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 and like here's a little song I wrote. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so those th-
3: three chords are enough to. To play most. They, the songs were, they anyway. were enough for <laughs> the. Most remotes. songwriters are doing three chord songs, anyways, right? Exactly. We're back to that, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the best songs are just like uh, pretty simple chord progressions mm. with 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 you know really nice melodies on yeah. top of them. Well, the
2: know? original pop hits like the the Beach Boys and all that other stuff, right? Yeah, like it was all really simple. Even the Beatles, simple yeah. jingles, right? Okay, and and
0: one of the things that you can do as a songwriter is you can like if you get too bored, you start over. Complexifying, like
2: right. Oh, right. let's add some French horns. All right. Or, or just
0: like, or just like, oh, these—you'll have these um, really complex chord structures, and and then it's like it's cool from a from like a technical standpoint, but the listenability actually goes mm-hmm. down because you're you're just you're doing it as more of a pride thing. Look how complex this thing is that right. I'm doing, and you kind of.
2: I mean, I, I listen to uh, like uh, a, f- a fuck ton of metal, right? Yeah. Like uh, I remember listening to. I used to listen to the most happy and naive and sort of like eighties jubilation music when I was a kid. I was like Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson, anything that had like a
1: do 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 do. Like mm-hmm. I was
2: fully into it as a kid. And then I went to Hungary uh, at some point to visit my cousin for summer, and I my cousin goes through phases he's one of those guys like you come back a year later and he's a hunter and then you come back a couple years later and he's into motorcycles mm-hmm. but whatever he does he does it full fully hardcore until his like body gives in type stuff but anyway so i arrived that summer slap sla- smack dab in the middle of a lunatic metal slash doors phase so he's walking around with no shirt on with the Leather Pants, and then there's, there's Doors uh, uh, records everywhere, but also Slayer, Napalm Death, and so forth, right? And I kept trying to sneak in, like, have you heard this new Michael Jackson song? And you just be like, you just grab the tape and throw it in my face. Like, I love my cousin, but he's that's how he does it. Yeah. And he's just like Slayer. Like, like you just drive it up to 11. And I came back that summer with a mixtape, and he, he literally beat me into it. And then now, he doesn't listen to that stuff anymore, but, but life, I became a lifelong fan. But the reason I pick, bring this up is because metal is specifically, or one of those genres, that is the most open to that sort of um, guys who just want to entertain, guys who want to play some good songs, yeah. and then like the technical, the guys that like, you can see even their fans are dicks, because they're bringing binoculars to the shows. Right, not to see the band, but to look at their fingers right. as they're like soloing and stuff, so yeah. they can go chat about it later and go like, "Oh, I don't know that that progression was really weak or whatever
0: that's a whole subsection of music is like the is 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 one it, I think it's for musicians more than anything else mm-hmm. these very technical uh songs and, and having Shredders, you know, like yeah. these people that can just shred. It's gymnastics, basically, at this exactly, point. Exactly, yeah. Right? That's, that's what it is. Yeah. So,
2: Richard, if I ask you, for instance, so who is the music for? I mean, in your case, are you writing it for yourself, for the. Like, what. Who should be the judge? <laughs> who are you writing songs who are you writing for? We did writing songs for Richard. <laughs> am I writing songs for? <laughs> that's an excellent
3: question. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. I,
2: I'm sorry, I, I didn't phrase it properly, but what I wanted to say is, like, is there a is there a direction that the music is supposed to be going to is there an, is there such a thing as an audience specifically that the music is going to and that who is most qualified to say your last record sucked or your last record was amazing
3: I, th- I think there needs to be a balance between what the artist wants to put out and what the what the demand is from from the consumers but i think they're they're also being trained to respond to this Non challenging sort of verse chorus verse radio type music. Mm-hmm. That and is definitely so. I, I think it's it's difficult. Three and a half minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, like formulaic type music. Yeah. And, and it seems like that's the way that things are going in terms of mass consumption. You'll always have people who are passionate, like we were talking about before. Like there are people who will be passionate about their music and go out and find the music that that they that they enjoy, but those people who are just being spoon fed music. They're just being trained for that. And if, if they do, did run across something that was a bit more challenging and not so easily digestible, how do they react to that? Do they just turn it off? They yeah. switch the channel? They go for something else? Yeah. So, yeah, know. so when you're. Okay, so then
2: the
0: question then to you is who are, do you write for yourself? Is it a little bit of both? I write for myself. Um, and I just hope that if, if I like it, then other people. Will like it, and I don't expect everybody to. Um, but I figure that there, if if I'm digging it, I'm, i would, I would imagine that there will be at least a certain amount of people that will also be able to
2: dig okay. it. Okay, and is that because in your writing process you are factoring in things that you think will speak to others? Are you talking to? I don't know. I, right? I don't. I don't think
0: about it in that way at all. Okay. I, um, it's weird. My process is kind of I try to get into a state where I can I get ideas that come. It feels like they come from outside of me, uh, and so I write in my head, and then I and then I try to uh, then figure it out on the instruments afterwards. So I feel like it's always uh, somewhat inspired music. Um, whereas I think if I was just sitting down with with the guitar and trial and erroring it there, there, there's a lot more room for there to be shitty shitty stuff that doesn't really like speak to anybody mm-hmm. because it's just at that point it's an organization of sounds it's, it's a mathematical thing right that's ne- never what I really want to do I don't want it to be a mathematical equation I want it to be some kind of inspired uh, uh, work I guess okay and
2: so if people get it, and, or not get it because there's no way of knowing. But you play the song on, on live, right? Yeah. And you've done quite a bit of live mm-hmm. live work. Yeah. You've been in a couple of different bands like uh, Confusion and Stereo, uh, Dukes of Burgundy. Yeah. Um, Stepper Roads. Stepper Roads, yeah. uh, which was kind of your solo project. Yeah. Right. So, if the people are getting it and they're giving you this feedback, does that increase your, like, do you like your material more at that point? Are you? Does that heightening for you or you're just like, oh, I'm glad they got it, but I would have done it this way anyway.
0: I think it can definitely give you a little extra bit of fire. Um, a huge part of the, of the process is like this, that you have these massive upswings and swings and confidence. So I feel like when you get some, some nice feedback, if, if people are, are really liking what you're doing, you can get this little injection of confidence from that, and that'll help you to be a little bit more bold in, in your writing. Okay. And it will be able to be like, oh yeah, this.
2: It's give you momentum.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I think in any in any like artistic endeavor, you're always going to have that these massive upswings in confidence. Like you start a project, at like, this is going to be amazing. Uh, like this huge, like yeah. this, this like idea, because it's it's unlimited potential at that point. Yeah, at that point, it's an explosion right? in your brain. Yeah, yeah, and then you start actually doing the work, and you're like, and then you you run into some obstacles, yeah. and then you're like, oh, this is hard, this is <laughs> this is hard to do, yeah. and then after dealing with enough of those obstacles, your confidence takes this massive like hit. And, you, and then you start to think, maybe no one wants this, or this is garbage, this is garbage. Is this is, yeah. this is garbage. Yeah. And then you start thinking, I'm garbage mm-hmm. and I'm terrible and why am I doing this? And you almost want to quit that entire, like, like I want to quit music yeah. entirely.
2: And you hear about it, you hear musicians like walking out on recordings and yeah, scrapping entire
3: albums. Oh dude, I've scrapped so many Oh do you you oh, scrapped yeah I scrapped so much. And that's the process that you go through with any creative pursuit. Yeah. Right? Like any project that you that you it's take true. on, no matter what it is. Yeah. I think that applies. Yeah. And then so
0: once once you get to that point where you're like, it's shit, I'm shit, and then you're almost like then you take all the pressure all the pressure is off at that point because you've resigned to the fact yeah, that you're <laughs> shit and you have nothing to offer whatsoever. And then you listen to it again, and you go back to it, and you're like, "Oh, when you go back to it with no expectations, then you see the potential again." Mm-hmm. And then you start to figure out, "Okay, I can get around these obstacles," and then that that confidence starts coming back. You get back to that point you're like, and then it, finally you're like, "Oh, this is actually awesome." Right. But it's this huge like
3: you know, this, roller coaster. the rollercoaster. Roller, roller coaster. Yeah. Every time. Every so time. It, like the, the big challenge is really to push through that, that last bit, right? Or that, like so many people get to the, the first couple steps where like they start the thing, you know, total potential. Yeah. They you're, you're calling them. up
2: people. Oh my
3: God,
0: we should work on this.
3: Yeah. And they reach, you know, a couple of obstacles and like, uh, okay, yeah. well maybe I'll do something else. Yeah. It's, right?
0: That's one of the hardest things to do is push through that, that dark, period. Yeah. Where you people are asking about it
2: is hey how's it coming along? Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. And it, you're just how's like it coming out?
0: It's the worst thing I've ever done and actually I'm not doing music at all anymore. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like I've converted no. to I've converted to Christ. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. His yeah. his message his word is. I
3: already. think a lot of like the self self-help stuff and the Tony Robbins of the world and think they, they focus a lot on that stuff, trying to get people to push through the tough things. Yeah. Right?
0: It's a, I think it's a massive lesson that everybody needs to, to, to have in their life is, is to be able to keep going
2: without validation. Yeah. Yeah. When and it's and hard. When it's hard. People, That's are, why it's people hard. Are,
3: are like naturally averse to doing things when they're difficult. Yeah. Right. You just procrastinate and sort of do whatever else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think we could all think of a time where we you know, there was a thing that we needed to do, but it wasn't that comfortable or wasn't something that you really wanted to do and then all of a sudden you find every other thing possible to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then then I'll do it. You know? You're like, running okay, away from it. Yeah. yeah. I'll do my, you know, my, my finances. I'll go get my taxes done but first I'll you know, I'll do my dishes. And, and agonize right, it you know, about it a bit. Yeah. But, but my floors really need to get a You were wash, saying how the, you know, the, like... the society... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> so, other stuff that you also hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll Just do, hate
0: less. I'll do terrible things like that I don't want to do at all, like laundry or washing dishes or whatever, to avoid music, which is the thing that yeah. I love the most.
2: <laughs> Makes no yeah. sense, right?
0: But I'll be like, when I'm in that dark period, it's like doing the
3: dishes... Is less is painful. Less painful. It's a lesser of two evils. Yeah. I'll change yeah. diapers if I have to. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's pain aversion, right? It's yeah. Like friction aversion. Yeah. Exactly. But
2: we're just the same way that the pop music and the mainstream music is formatted to give everyone the same formula every time. We are constantly being told not to take risks in advertisement and in society and to take the easy way, right? Mm-hmm. It's never like here's the complete three-hour training package that you need. And if you stick to, you will see a difference. It's like every time I see one of these ads on TV for exercises, it's they reduce the time. Only six yeah. minutes, only 30 seconds, yeah, only yeah. 12. 30 second abs. 30-second abs, <laughs> <Yeah>. right?
3: <laughs> that one trick to get rid of all your belly fat. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, you know, we were laughing about this the other day. Like, uh, I remember being something like 15, 16, and I was talking to this business guy and i'm like i thought i knew everything you know i'm like infomercials don't work that's fucking bullshit <laughs> and the guy just gave me this like you poor kid kind of look and he's like why are they still on i'm like what why are they still on every night every morning before the real programming starts it's because they don't work somebody's just throwing money at it and there's nothing and then i started thinking and i'm like wait no i've got this thing backwards right but everything is always about like you know, we were laughing about the black and white part of the infomercial where you're doing it wrong. Yeah, with the big X. It's like, oh no, combing your own hair. Are you mad? I use the Booply Booply. because yeah, yeah. Booply Booply will get it done in three seconds. And uh, microwave and
3: and the and clip of somebody setting their hair on fire by accident with yeah. the, <laughs> <laughs> the blow does dryer this work? or something. <laughs> ah! that, we're actually
2: seeing the counter movement of that now, right? Where guys and girls are going on YouTube and making a name for themselves, going like, I'm making my own omelet and I'm cracking that egg and I chopped my own and everyone's like wow that's back back to the essentials but well that's a symptom I think of the fact that we've been trying to automate things that require um, any sort of hard work uh for a long time right uh building a fire you go camping you suddenly like you're back in nature for a second mm-hmm. right you build a fire and then you suddenly like you manage to do it now you use three of those power bar things that you buy right those uh Chemical starters yeah, but you think that you did it and like this is like a little swell of pride all of a sudden mm. right okay so well, I think uh, that's
3: the uh, that's the message that a lot of successful people give to everyone else and like you know how to how to be successful is is be comfortable with that that process and being comfortable with being uncomfortable right that sometimes it's hard and you know yeah we, we're used to getting everything at our fingertips. And the, you know, when it's tough, that's what's gonna separate the be- the successful people, from from those who never even make yeah, it through the process and just end up going and do a ten hour Netflix binge, because it's easy, and it's yeah. there, you know.
2: Although those success guys like bother me because for no, me no I'm crazy. not
3: talking about the Tony Robbins guys, like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the success coaches, but people who've actually done it themselves. Like you're actually trying to put who it. Who are like, in. you know, this is how you do it. This is this is the difference, this, is, this was my key to success, was right. pushing,
2: pushing through the hard parts. Yeah. So, that,
3: that were no one cares. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah.
0: Okay, so, so that's your process. Well, <sighs> I've been thinking a lot about, about process lately, but I think that's a huge part of it is, is uh, and recognizing the fact that you're going to have these, these really dark periods where you lose all confidence in what you're doing. I mean, my. You look at Radiohead, uh, Hail, "Hail to the Thief." I think it's one of the greatest albums ever. By the time they came off tour, uh, of, of of that album, they had lost all confidence in in those songs, and I, those songs are amazing. Really, like you,
2: you read this somewhere, or yeah, they had they song?
0: they had to take a big break afterwards because they had lost all confidence in what they're doing because they're just you're just so in it all the time. You know? Right.
2: That's always something that's occurred to me, uh, how it must feel to be like Kiss or one of those bands, and it's 40 years later, mm-hmm. what it must be like to play, you know, I want to rock and roll all night, Yeah. after you've played it a trillion times.
0: But the thing is with Kiss, it's not, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, I'm not a Kiss fan. I, I hate Kiss, I'm just, the band will not retire ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, and they never have to because the, the makeup it was, was part of the thing yeah.
2: from the beginning. Yeah. And they keep, they keep switching out members and not telling people <laughs> yeah. and only the KISS army guys know. Yeah, like, that's yeah. not it really. Like, but yeah. no, everyone's like, those guys still look good. Yeah, they
0: look, they look pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like there's there's uh, some work that is uh, like to me their thing is a, it's it was business to begin with. Even the okay. way that the songs are written. Are written as like it's, it's jingles like, or whatever exactly okay. where, where it's not in my opinion it's not inspired work it's work where you're like mathematic like an infomercial okay you know
2: this um, was this is okay but okay let's take a band like AC DC or Iron Maiden or one of those guys okay so everybody wants to hear those five songs right right mm-hmm.
3: um, Radiohead's the same thing right yeah they want to hear people yeah
0: yeah, when we were at the at the show back in like the OK Computer tour, people are yelling out "Creep," and he said we don't we don't play that song anymore or something, and people were really mad about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it's at some point, if you're successful, that's that's a whole issue unto itself. Um, you kind of lose your work to the the fans, kind of like the masses. Kind of take it. They they believe that they own your work
3: now. Was it them that said that? You know, w- how would you like it if? Somebody came and asked you to do something that you did ten years ago in a previous version of yourself. I'm not sure if it was them. But I
0: mean, that's that's exactly what they're conveying by saying we don't play that anymore. It's not us right. anymore. You know,
2: but it's tricky, right? It's tricky because it's there's still that show business uh, uh, transaction. Yeah. How do
0: you feel? Do you feel like they have an obligation to to play creep uh, because the fans want it, or should they do? Yeah.
2: Well, okay, so.
3: And uh, by that point, it was ten
0: years later, I think, right? An example of this, I can think no, of. No, Ok Computer was the next album. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. It was. <coughs> it was. Uh, that was on their first album. Ok Computer was their third album. So yeah, it was probably right.
2: So uh, Iron Maiden, which, when I saw them last time, they had just put out this album um, of brand new material. Yeah. Right. And this is a band that, like, is particularly a good state case study for this type of thing, right? They have. Seven or eight landmark albums, right? All of them filled with to the brim with hits. Yeah. Right? So they're lucky in that sense. In that sense, that they're successful. Their super hits are so many and spread over so many albums that they're not like oh play play uh, you know play uh, Enter the Sandman again. Play Enter the Sandman again. Right? right. But here they were, and they were like, no, we legitimately. I know we're all we're old fuckers here, but we legitimately like banged out a new album, and they started touring it and playing it from beginning to end. And then on the encore, they dropped like, you know, uh, Fear of the Dark or uh, Run to the Hills or whatever, one of their their big ones. And people got super pissed. Really? Yeah. They had to go on a, they they were so mad, and this is a town like Quebec and Montreal that like worships Iron Maiden, like they start their tours here. Yeah. Uh, They love them as much as they love U2 uh, for some reason. that they, I think like a year later, they came out with another tour called Somewhere in Time, and then it was just all nostalgia. Like they, they just played all the hits. Yeah. And I felt like that oh, they almost had to do it because how. But I mean, I was like, on one end, I was like, yes, I do want to hear the hits, but at the same time, like, why is this band now not allowed to produce any new material anymore? Yeah. Why do we get to decide that as of this date, uh, we're going to
3: freeze you in time?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those hits are you, and then everything else you make is like, oh, that's nice. It's nice to have you still out there, but if you die while you're you're uh, you're on top, like a two-pack, mm-hmm. then people wanna turn your bathroom sessions into albums, right? Like they can just just—they're so voracious for new. Yeah. Start, like So that's an interesting thing, I've always
1: thought.
0: But I've noticed there's a trend right now, and I think, I think with a lot of... Uh, I mean, they say you have your whole life to record, to, to write your first album, you know? Right. Um, and then everything after that, it's like, oh shit, I've exhausted all my best material that I have to write. Now I have a couple of years to write mm-hmm. my next album, you know? Often what you see is people's best stuff happens in, their, in the first, first couple of albums, and then they're just, they're tapped out of ideas. Right. Uh, but they're still in these uh, contracts where they have to keep banging out albums. So then you just, and then it just becomes formulaic, it just becomes a repeat of what you're, you've already done. And so, I don't want to keep harping on the phrase, but not inspired, not inspired work at that point. So now you're seeing like festivals, lots of festivals where, like, say, Weezer is now going and playing festivals, but they're playing the Blue Album from beginning to end. That's their set, you know, and and, and people are excited about that because the past five Weezer albums have been complete garbage. Have they?
2: Yeah. Have they they been shit? Yeah.
0: I don't know how many albums they actually have at this point, but like the past few albums are terrible. Have they? Nobody likes them at all, but the Blue Album was amazing. Are
2: they doing what they want to do or is
0: it because they've become kind of formulaic and stale? Uh, I don't know, because cause, yeah, I would I would say, uh, I mean, uh, the, the Blue Album and then uh, Pinkerton are both brilliant albums. But then at some point, I think the the main uh, songwriter, Rivers Cuomo, I feel like he just lost... Like he ran out of juice. Yeah, he just ran out of juice.
2: Which and, I mean, most most bands don't have one good song in them, right? And then you
3: have these bands that just have like... I mean those two albums are brilliant. Mm-hmm. But know? if those albums came out today, would they be as popular? The I, I think that they
0: um, they would still make an impact, but it would be less so because of just the the constant uh, just the amount of content that's being thrown out mm-hmm. all at like all at the same time. Yeah. Even the best bands right now are like, you know, they put out an album and it's like ah, just a drip in the waterfall you right know?
2: Like, yeah and this is kind of what I was uh, I, I wanted to build towards is that uh, you know we talked about what a big impact the internet had on everything art knowledge news yeah. etc and how we've shifted from a time where uh, the, the media just communicated at us and now we're it's fully interactive and now almost the patients are taking over the ward yeah you know, some would say right and particularly what I was thinking, of, I read a lot of reviews. I don't know why, but i like to read reviews of albums. Yeah. Right? I'll just read the reviews. Like I have my own my own opinion about why and what I thought of the album, but sometimes I read it because I just want to get a perspe- someone else's perspective. Right. Right? Yeah. And what I've noticed now is in the last year or so, album reviews are starting to like go off the rails. And oh, sometimes
0: the reviews are Like a piece of art in itself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like the, 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 the reviewer is, is trying to like make a name for themselves. Yeah. They're making it about
0: them and their writing as opposed to the, the experience of the album. Right.
2: And you can find the other side to the other extreme, right? Where the guy starts talking about the pickups that were in the guitar in 73 in that guitar. Yeah. And how, what a curious choice of amps there were. And you're like, dude, tell me about the fucking album. Yeah. what, What did you think? Uh, Most recent example of this was uh, Spin, uh, that some people are saying is kind of like, they fizzled out 10 years ago, but Spin magazine used to be the review. It used to be the pitchfork, right, of its time? Right. And then uh, Fate No More came out with uh, Soul Invictus, which, I don't know if you guys are into Fate No More, I never could get my head around them, and then now in this weird period of my life, I'm like, I totally get what they're doing for some reason right now. For years, friends were like, come on, man, you gotta, like... Listen to this band, I was like, they're too manic, man. They're too fucking all over the place. And now I just, you know, so I read the review and it was nothing about the actual album. The guy, like, went off on a tangent about how much he hates Michael Patton and how Michael Patton is not a... Uh, Mike Patton is not not a genius, and uh, Fate No More sucks.
0: No. Fuck that guy, man. Mike Patton is a genius. <laughs> of course he's a
2: genius, but yeah. the fact is that he it, there was nothing... This was like a just... I'm just going to tear down this guy that everyone loves because I'm a journalist. And then, and that's provocative.
0: That's provocative. A clickbaity version of a review. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm going to piss off enough people. That's it's so, Why Mike so, Patton is
3: not a genius. It and was, that's yeah, the title, that's, right? So, <laughs> I think it was something like that. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's what gets clicks.
2: And I, like, I could, I smelled it. Like, at first I read it. I'm like, what is, it? why would they, what? And then I saw uh, the comment five section. Reasons
3: five reasons why. Five
2: reasons why Mike Patton is not a genius. <laughs> and yeah. you won't believe what they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when I saw the comment section, which, like, was like, right, even, even I wrote it. i was like, dude, where's the, where's the review? Right. Uh, I realized, wait a second. At this point, they're just grasping at whatever tactic they can, right? Yeah. So it's getting really weird. And so when a uh, journalist or and then what's happening in the comments section, and I want you guys feedback on this, which has become really interesting. I don't know if it's the availability of media and everything on the Internet, but people aren't just content to go this sucks or this is great or I love the first album. I don't like this new album. It becomes like a little open mic comedy yeah. festival in the Met. Everyone's trying to be funny. Right. Everyone's trying to have like the nyuk nyuk comeback and the shutdown and then everyone upvotes or downvotes. Right? It's almost like someone running up on stage during a show and then like getting the mic and then having like a three second window to say something.
0: Yeah, it seems like everybody's just standing on a soapbox trying to say, I exist, someone pay attention to me. please. And so they come up with flashier ways to get people to pay small amounts of attention to them. Right.
2: And then there's the anonymity thing that works in there, right? Because you'll have this like 16 paragraph teardown of like of the album and guest. Right, like there's
3: no. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of uh, forums like uh, Reddit, Imager or Imgur depending on. Yeah. Imgur. <laughs> Imgur. Imgur.
1: Imgur. <Yeah,
2: laughs> whoever you want to call
3: it. Imgur.
0: Imgur. Yeah. And even YouTube comments to a degree,
3: where people get that same cookie we were talking about. You know, the likes on your Facebook page. Yeah. For the funniest comment, so you put like a funny comment, and then people upvote or downvote. And then you end up rising to the top based on how many votes you have versus the other person, which kinda is an incentive for commenting, which is yeah. which is kinda good. But that these main participants, these main mediums is is the reason why you got everybody coming in to do the the best one liner. Right. Right? Yeah. And you could argue for or against that, but you know, at least people are participating. YouTube, but don't even bother. I oh, mean, there's yeah. a couple of co- funny comments sometimes, but it's just like the dregs yeah, of society. Jesus, yeah. uh, like, other do, communities do they where there's have like, a
0: system where it gets voted up, like the best comments go to the top. Do they have that? the, the most
3: does, liked yeah. comments? Yeah, yeah, it's liked. You, okay. If you Not like the best. comment, <laughs> yeah, then, then yeah. So, you know, in theory, that system is a good theory, but there's no real consequence I think for a lot of people like if you're on reddit or imager like I think there people are are trying to conserve a certain amount of what they call like fake internet points and popularity stuff and it gives you like it's a it's a truer community in the sense that like you're trying to keep a good reputation whereas on YouTube nobody gives a shit they're just and that's a great example of a forum where there's no consequences for being a shithead and people, as a result, are just shitheads mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, there's some cool people, of course, but
2: yeah. I mean, very, very quickly, what, what goes out the window is any kind of position whatsoever or any kind of actual discussion, right? And then when you start seeing the same things happening on political websites or or, or news websites or whatever, I don't know. It just it just becomes this like like bees buzzing. Yeah, you know? it's horrible on
3: YouTube because of the anonymity factor. Oh Jesus, right? YouTube. So yeah. even
2: try putting like up a, a movie th- there like a movie that I made I put up up there and
3: Oh yeah, that's interesting.
2: That what? comment section alone was absolutely nuts.
0: Oh yeah, talk about that. I want to hear that. Man. Yeah. What was that like?
2: It it was well, it was incredible because okay, so there's this dichotomy, right? There's the idea that this film would otherwise have been seen maybe by 120 people, maybe 130 people, uh-huh. maybe 500 people if I kill myself trying to put it in limited release theaters, whatever this is just before next Netflix explosion right so now it's something like half a million views um, it must be at right now and but that's not what I want to talk about what I'm saying is we put it up there and then like I knew there was gonna be YouTube comments plus it was hosted by machinima which I don't know I think they're still intact but they're the main short film video game uh, arm of YouTube And those people, and I mean by like the the fans, are even worse, like in terms of the vitriol and the 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 viciousness and the nastiness, and they will just come after you,
3: like critical and nitpicky.
2: Yeah, but like within three or four posts, someone is using words like you know nigger, AIDS, whore, slut, abortion. Yeah, die die in a
0: pool of. AIDS blood. Yeah, like shit, yeah. Within,
2: within moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Within moments. Just bile. Yeah. Like who is, yeah, who is this? Verbal diarrhea. Yeah, who monkeys is, throwing poop. I, you know, exactly. No, monkeys throwing poop, exactly. So it just, it was really Callback.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> Callback. <laughs> That's right. Foreshadowing?
2: No. Um, Hello. Fire in the hole. Yeah. Fire in the hole. Um, <laughs> but I was, I don't know if I mentally braced myself for this, but the actors that are specifically the star of the film um Took it really hard, because they obviously came after him, Ooh. right? right. Those that did. Uh, the The funny part of it about it is that there was some real vindication. I I'd like to maybe talk about this uh, in more detail some other time, but just to stay on track here, uh, yeah. Just how quickly it goes to hell on YouTube is is fairly shocking.
0: Was there anything that was direct? Because I guess what what they're seeing is the actors. You're behind the scenes, so I guess the, yeah, I directed there, the film. Yeah. So was there anything directed at you or was it all just like what they immediately see? Other people like, this director did this wrong?
2: Unless you're a high-profile director like a Christopher Nolan or whatever where people... Because people don't know what directors do. Right. Right? They think they do. Uh, Filmmakers, when they go to school year one, all want to be directors because they think that that just means that you're the guy who eats all the glory and gets to like take those thumbs up pictures on the red carpet with Tom Cruise or whatever Mm -hmm. and then but you so the movie is made up of Tom Cruise plus director that's the mainstream conception of film right but when you're like an indie guy people don't really actually know what you you do they see your name there but no one actually has the balls yet to go that was poorly directed right to an indie project what they'll say is like oh it looked like shit
3: the lighting was bad the
2: lighting was bad Oh, the choreography was horrible. The editing. Oh, the acting. Right. right. Or oh, occasionally someone will chime in on the acting, but even that, it's a tricky thing to to get into to get everyone on board with. Uh, it's much easier to just go in like, oh, the tits on that chick. Oh, look at her right. tits. Or, look at her ass. Or that guy's too skinny. He's too skinny. He can't be the main guy. He's too skinny. Someone skip leg day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Do
3: you even lift? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Right. And it's these comments are. Uh, you know, ostensibly being made by guys living in their mom's basement to ten-year-old yeah, kids, ten-year-old kids who are on their big brother's computer, to just people who have nothing better to do. Because the ninety—that—that's what I did. Like, so we put up the movie. There was a bunch of response. I was laughing at it. I'd occasionally chime in, and did this, you? You yes, chimed in sometimes? Yes, but I did. I did this in this particular way. So it goes back to the beginning of this podcast of what you said. And I want to tie this in, because this is really cool. Um, the internet, now, as is, has proven this model uh, completely valid that you can just take a big poop and it doesn't matter if you upset the fuck out of everybody, because it's views. And yeah. views are views are not judgmental. There's no judgment in views, right? right? So it doesn't matter how many people hated your shit. Because it got this many views, and that's all that registers. That registers ad dollars, win, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever somebody would get super nasty on the on YouTube and be like, "Yeah," you could tell that these fucking guys from Quebec are like fucking this, and you can tell like where did that costume, and you can tell that it was like made for ten dollars. Like this kind of vitriol, not vitriol, but vicious, uh, mediocre. You know, just attack anything, right? I would just respond back consistently with thanks for watching.
3: <laughs>
2: Thank you for your input. Okay. If they would really go off the rails and say something wrong, like, Man, they blew you know, they blew millions of dollars on this. I can't believe Marvel did this. It's so it's so shitty. And I'm like, No, actually this was just a bunch of people banding together and made this for very little money.
3: It was but a I've, fan film.
2: It was a fan film, yes. But with, with a different approach. But the idea was is that unless they made some luck, like some error specifically about how the film was made, if it was just like they're shitting on us, I would just have the best hilarious response to that, which, which was, you know, thanks for watching. Right? There's a little bit of a satisfaction in that. You can just respond back like, okay, well, blah, 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 but we got your view. Thanks. You watched it.
0: <laughs> What made you want to, to uh, participate at all in, this, in that, um, in the comment section, like, because you've already made the work at this point, what made you actually want to, to participate in that, knowing that it's a lot of people trying to stand on a soapbox, saying I exist.
2: Right. Well, I wasn't trying to defend the work. Yeah, That's not what prompted me to do it. So if someone said the choreography sucked in the action scenes or the acting wasn't good or the lighting sucked, that's like whatever. I'm completely okay with that. Where yeah. I would chime in is if someone would say something like, um, uh, they would attack, oh, they would, com- they would consistently compare it to this other film, which will happen, right?
0: to other like punisher films or
2: yes well they specifically because our film is a fan film the punisher no mercy um, they compared it to thomas jane's dirty laundry which i don't know if you've seen i no so thomas jane in 2000 or so is cast as the actual punisher by marvel with John Travolta, the movie was balls, it was horrible, but... um, uh,
0: All Punisher movies seem to have They were all balls.
2: And again, this is why this is like almost a different podcast now, but (laughs) the point is that they kept comparing, because what Thomas Jane did is after he finished and after they even cast someone, uh, Ray Stevenson to do it, and that sucked, um, Thomas Jane and his friends got together and did this little homage to the Punisher that they did themselves. Okay. And they called it dirty laundry. And the only reason you know it's Punisher is because at the end he kind of flashes his T-shirt with the skull the on skull. it, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, okay, I get it." Right. Um, but it's this is like a Hollywood A-list guy calling together a couple of friends. That's not like I'm me calling together. You know, is like
0: Thomas Jane A-list. Well,
2: he's he's kind of yeah. He's been to the top. He's HBO. Like he's had success. He's not like you know.
0: He's not like uh it's con not, no offense, Thomas Jane, if you're listening to this, but I think I call him C-List at best. C-list? I'm pretty sure he's listening. He's yeah. a, he's, a, he's Thomas a, Jane, we love you, man. Just yeah. your C list. much love. I think, yeah, he's, love,
2: I think love. he's a great actor personally, and he's also a huge uh, geek. Yeah. A huge geek. He's tried to make his own video games and whatever. Anyway, the point is that people kept going, this is not as good as Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry's the Thomas Jane's the only punisher. Blah 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 blah. The Tom that's the best fan film. And then there I was pissed because what they were doing is they were talking nonsense and I then I would feel to come in and say uh, okay just to be clear what Thomas Jane did was a fan film like um, if if Donald Trump goes on a fishing trip you call it a fishing trip as opposed to a like you know uh, like limo and private jet affair and all the best all the most powerful people are there right so I was like, don't judge us against on that level. That, that to me, that got me.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? It's like somebody, like you put up your music, someone says, they gave Danny Lajoie like $5 million in the biggest studio in Canada, and this is the shit he makes? And you're like, wait, what? No. Yeah. I did this with 500 bucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the yeah. only time I felt like I needed to interact.
0: But, see, I think that it's not going to, I mean, it doesn't do you any good to to be a part of that conversation because there's so much of it that's just people will talk shit about everything right. and it's, it's very much more about them than it is about the actual work. Right. And I feel like I'm kind of inoculated to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a day job, I work for a company that like just rebranded itself, right? And, and, and so the, the original service was called Galaxy and, and the current service is called Stingray. It's the exact same service. And you, I, I I'm uh, I get to see the support emails that come in as people complaining that it, it was so much better when it was oh. <laughs> when it was this. It's you like know, the Benny Hill say like morning oh, go back to, to, to Galaxy, whatever. It's the exact exact same service. People will talk shit about anything and yeah. even when it's you know? So I think participating in that conversation at all is your This is a total waste of time because it's really dealing with a bunch of idiots. You're dealing with a bunch of, or or, idiots may be a strong word. You're dealing with a lot of people that... um,
2: They don't really care what you have to say.
0: Yeah, and maybe they're just, they don't have a lot going on and they just want somebody to pay attention to them for Mm -hmm. a second.
3: Well, to be clear... And it could be a legit comment or it could just be trolling too. There's tons of people who are just out there just just to try to get attention by saying the most ridiculous thing just just so I'm
2: clear though I there was when I would write back during those things it was never about like hey Timmy just so you know right I was thinking about other people who aren't into that who are coming across this because we you know sometimes we like to it's fun to just look through comment sections sometimes for entertainment like on a like anything about Cosby you want to see what people are saying right right? And uh, I just was thinking, okay, if rational people is going through this, I want them to, like, I want them to have this fact straight. But I don't actually give a shit about that guy going like, you can't direct, buddy. I'm like, okay.
3: And it's a shame because the only other option is to shut off, turn off the comments entirely. Then no one can interact. And you're losing some of the potential, like, uh, audience, right? Right, exactly. So
0: you got to make a choice at that point. Immediately when I see that, when I see that someone's turned the comments off, I I see that as like a weakness. You know that that, uh, that like you have some shit that's gonna come up in the comments. You think and so? It's it's, it's it's like an insecure move to turn the comments. Okay. Off. Yeah.
2: Can, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Can you imagine, be playing a live show, and you're like ring ring. Okay, guys, thank you for coming out. Woo! And then as you're putting your instruments away, random people in the in the crowd just come up and like his guitar sound sucked yeah. and then like the next person comes up like you call those amps and then like your mother and like Obama's a secret muslim <laughs> right it would be completely say actually it's almost like shit today. The river
0: of AIDS blood. <laughs> yeah.
2: this would be a great performance piece right if I was uh, in that kind of uh, like this is a, right it would completely not work okay. but it, you can do it from behind your keyboard right um and that brings up guys like uh, Roushvi and all this. I think the other these, all these like activists and these gurus and whatever. Is Roushvi an activist? Apparently, apparently. Uh, Richard seems. I mean, I love you, brother, but. Um, <laughs> For some reason, you know, you know something's coming when someone says that. Uh, yeah. right? You know I love you, man. You know Uh-oh. I'd go down with you on you in the theater and I'd uh, I'd uh, pay for your groceries, but... Uh... But... <laughs> so, Roosh V, which I don't even care to know what his actual fucking name is, but this douche of douches, right, uh, is going around. One day he's labeling himself like a savior to men. The other day he's about like, he's the honest... He's the honesty ambassador, like he just wants everyone to get down and talk the real talk. And the next day he's like, the men that come to me, I show them how to get the women and like all this bullshit. Like, But this guy's a piece of trash, right? And in if the internet wasn't around, this guy is the guy talking to himself at the bar that mm-hmm. occasionally gets punched in the face, right? Like nobody would pay attention to Oh, He's to.
3: like a pickup coach, right? Like it, th- those guys those guys they've existed before the internet became a became
2: Like I don't a, even, a, even know what it is that he's actually selling. The pickup artist. He's a pickup pick art? artist okay. and he
3: and he teaches other men who feel like disempowered or nervous around women like how to have uh, like what he calls game. Right. right? Like which is kind of the confidence to approach women in, uh-huh. you know in social situations and so he teaches you know, them how to be assholes basically. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys who are just paralyzed and they don't know how to, That they're socially awkward and they don't know how to approach women. I think that was the original intent behind a lot of these services. You'd you'd get, I think, like they have these conferences and guys pay to go and sit in a room and give them like tips. And a lot of those tips have to do with, uh, you know, maybe take a shower from time to time. Right. You know, uh rehabilitating men go to the gym. Yeah. Uh step three, uh go buy a nice shirt. Step four, uh don't take yourself too seriously. Hmm. You know? Step five, uh you know, women are just people like everyone else. They put their pants on one leg at a time. One leg time. You know? Here's practice a couple of jokes on this actress who's here. Let's a, let's go to a bar. A slippery slope, man.
0: It's a slippery slope. Go to a bar with an earpiece, like being pick <laughs> pickup yeah. lines. Zero No Depression Rock Twenty Fifteen. Well, man.
3: there's been a bunch of like movies on the subject. What was it like Will Hitch. Smith? Hitch. Hitch. Yeah. Hitch. Mm. They're yeah. they're essentially doing Hitch. Was yeah. Hitch a douchebag?
2: I believe he was but that's because Will Smith was playing but no yeah true the the thing is there's
3: a way to do it to be here's the issue
2: is like at base there's first the problem of the whole male male and female dynamic right which is an an entire world on its own right we don't we're, we're kind of working now with like a combination of antiquated behaviors that have been okay for so long combined with a bunch of new emergency voted powers and behaviors that need to be observed because otherwise feelings get hurt political correctness you know all this into a big soup. So and then there's all the self-empowerment stuff you're talking about, like hey, you know you don't need to suffer anymore. And there's books on how to t- teach you everything, right? Mm-hmm. Become a sing- so- singer in songwriting for dummies is right. probably how to win friends way. and
3: influence people.
2: How to win inf- yeah, exactly? Yeah. Okay. So you've got this, and then like, do I have a problem with some guy going, hey? bunch of dudes who don't know how to like get out there and do your stuff okay let me talk to you about some things that come to me naturally let's talk about hygiene let's talk about uh, engaging people let's talk about it, right but these guys like very quickly it's you got to tell them how it is you know you got to put those women in their place and uh, you know because a woman all she wants is your money, so like you got to keep him at bay you got to tell him and you know they want you to take control and like they, very quickly it becomes this bullshit right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that guy he definitely went down a d- dark path of that stuff. or they
2: take the, the the disempowerment of the guys that that are coming to them and then the way that they re- they cultify them they, they they make them their followers is they like it wasn't you man. it's those fucking chicks man. they just want you they just don't we just want to fuck with your head man. It's, it was never your fault that you couldn't get women. Mm-hmm. It's cause cause they like to play games. Like they start doing that whole
3: Yeah, there's maybe. this whole philosophy of like what it is to be a man in today's world and what women are doing wrong and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a whole other story. Right? Sure. Like what I'm talking about is more the empowerment of people like like self esteem is a, is a huge issue mm-hmm. for men and women. For everybody, now, right? we're all so fucking insecure, man. I would say that's probably <laughs> the number one problem with with people in general, Yeah. right, is, is self-esteem. So if you're paralyzed in social situations and there's some method or technique that's going to make you feel a, a little bit better about yourself, not take yourself too seriously and allow you, allow you to interact with not only the opposite sex but just other human beings, I think that's a positive thing. But this other stuff of like, you know, the the conclusions that they come to in terms of, you know, how our society should be and what's wrong with our society, that's all just a bunch of noise and kind of falls into that same category of just being extreme stuff for clickbaity, reasons, click-baity you know. getting mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, standing
0: on a soapbox yelling, I exist. And right.
3: And that, and that's a very uh, uh, vulnerable audience, right? If you're if you're att- attracting these like disempowered. Men or or women, uh, just disempowered people, and giving them a conf- conference about how to be a human, then you can feed them a whole bunch of stuff because you have a room full of people who don't think much of themselves. Yeah. Right. It's that's a great way to start a cult.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, look at those uh, like Biggest Loser type shows, right? Could you talk to people in in that in that way? In if if we didn't deep down as a society accept that it's okay to. Be abusive and look down on fat people. Hmm. You couldn't do that kind of show. You can like get kids or whatever on the show and have someone yell at them that way and like. Uh,
3: I don't think you could have that show on now. It's not on anymore, right? I don't know. The, the, the Biggest, biggest loser. loser. I don't know. It's, it's like. Well, like I
2: didn't actually watch the show. I just yeah. but I read about it. And essentially, when it took off was when one of their first contestants not only lost the weight but became the product. She became like a twenty-three abd. Workout machine.
0: Jared from Subway. He eats, he's a fat dude, eats a bunch of Subway sandwiches and now he's skinny. And he's a pedophile. Well, that happened much later. <laughs> or apparently. Really? Well, in fact, it was, hap- it was happening, was it the, happening whole time. the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. That's a whole other kind of world.
2: Maybe that's how it Maybe. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <dear>. Fuck. <laughs> that just, I'm not ready to tell <laughs> about <laughs> Jared, Jared Fo. Get yeah, yeah, that but
0: mental image out of here. Now, so
2: it. this is actually really, really interesting. What happens is like, okay, so this chick, I, I don't know her name, and I start, shouldn't call her a chick, but this woman uh, is on the show. She's overweight. She beats it. And then she even becomes one of these, like, fitness gurus. Now, and does she become the host of the she show? She becomes the host of the show because she's the wow. greatest success. And now she's like, come on, fatty. Come on, chubby chubs. And she's, and she's allowed to
0: say that because she used to be exactly.
2: that. Exactly. Yeah. And she's just like tearing these people apart. And they're crying and they're crying. And everyone's kind of watching with a sick, perverted satisfaction. Like, yeah, you tell that fatty. You tell Yeah, it. yeah. And you're probably fat as you're watching this. You're like, yeah, you tell that fat fuck. You tell him. You tell him. Because <laughs> there's a, all this my my point with this is you were talking about low self-esteem I, I say it comes hand there's a package there's a kit that we're all carrying around half of it is low self-esteem another part of it is self-loathing self-loathing is something that is constantly encouraged by advertisement because it promotes insufficiency it's not enough I'm not happy I'll never get there by myself I must have there's Sorry, their mother, that was the chair. Yeah, I was swear. The chair. I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> <The chair. laughs> which isn't so sure. I don't know. I'm 50-50 about it. <laughs> it was, well, wait a second. You'll know that it was it was the chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's your proof. Uh, but yeah, it's as long as they can keep people down, they will keep buying. Yeah. Is the idea, right? Yeah. As they they can keep people arguing, we will never unite, and so forth and so on. So. How does this relate back to your music? In no, <laughs> even with my incredible powers, bringing it all together. Let's do this. Let's um, do this. All right, let, let's see if I can do this. You know, Richard. Happen, Richard is having particular fun right now because he's the guy. I've known him long enough. He's the first person to make me realize that I used to get lost in my tangents. Yeah, and I couldn't come back.
3: That's and great that, for a
0: podcast. Tangents. Well, just you just start, and then like we, we were talking way. about music, and then all of a sudden we're talking about like uh, you know Jared from Subway, and right? The, the, the biggest loser. And yeah, the,
2: but I mean, fire in a <laughs> hole, like right? You, yeah. You don't. You, it's gonna <laughs> explode. You hole. don't know what it's gonna hit, so that's fine. I'm okay with that. I just, I guess, the reason I asked you about your music is first of all because uh, I like it, and you've played a couple of styles now, and I know we enjoy it. But mm-hmm. because. What we're all all also often trying to do is just take these regular behaviors, these things that are inherent to us or that we grew up with, and we're just kind of seeing how they've been transformed in the last couple of years by Mm -hmm. the internet, by what's happening in the media, right? Yeah. So, in a straightforward question, from the time that you started playing music, how has the internet, like, do you have a reciprocity or do you have a conversation going now with people that consume your your music?
0: No, not really because I've always uh, I've always been weird about like self-promotion and stuff. Like okay. and that confidence roller coaster usually by the end of the project or by the end of recording. I'm, I'm so tired of those songs, I don't even want to promote them at all. So really what I would have to do is get somebody else to do that and I've never done that.
2: Right. But if they did that and if it took off, then all of a sudden then you, you have would, to go perform, perform those songs now.
0: Well, all of a sudden then you would actually, absolutely be in a conversation with an audience. I just never tried to fully engage an audience yet. Okay. Cause I've never had that confidence in the work after it's done. Really. So I feel like I'm still just trying to put out my first album. Like, okay. yeah, even though you've put out quite a few. Yeah. But by the time that I, have so far, uh, By the time I'm finished with it, I'm I'm over it, Uh and and I've been I've been I think it's a good thing that I feel like I'm getting better and better as time goes on. So by the end of it, I've you've improved to a point where you were you're now better than what those songs are. So then that's where a lot of the lack of confidence comes from. Is that like oh my new shit's way better than what this album is? Okay. But have you ever been in that environment? Like have you ever had yeah. people like uh, Yeah,
2: like, like in, the way I put up my movie, have you ever put up your album somewhere and then like see
0: Yeah, I've had some I've had some like little uh, uh tastes of like of what that's like to have comments on on uh, the work that you spend so much time working on by mm-hmm. yourself. And what was it like? Uh it was fine. It was mostly positive. I I I guess I've never been big enough to have people want to use that as a platform to to just like spew their vitriol, you know, mm-hmm. their 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 verbal diarrhea. No one's ever been like, "Oh, I'm going to this is my chance to so like so everybody pay attention to me. I'm commenting on on this guy's work, you know.
2: Right. I'm going to tell this guy who who worked a lot on this thing. I'm go- I'm going to take 5 minutes to just tell him he's worthless or Yeah.
0: No one's ever used me as their soapbox yet, right. so, um, but I'm fully aware that if, you know, that if it all goes well, that's going to just be a part of it. As soon as you have any attention coming towards you, yeah. you're going to have a lot of people that are just going to use that as a reason or as a way to get people to look at them.
2: Yeah, know. well, there's bands right now uh, that, that are actually writing uh, just negative media to yeah. success. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the metal world right there uh, because it's so elitist Yeah, um, in, a, in a scene that was originally known to just like be okay with how you looked and being right it's still one of the most loving scenes right yeah. it doesn't judge you on how you look and whatever and like you're yeah. fat you're skinny you're tall you're black you don't give a shit yeah. but online it's like the most picky shitty elitist community and there are bands who were immediately for some reason like the singer one day wore like a a windbreaker from a company that threw them a little money Mm -hmm. to tour with right and then since then they've been branded corporate whores right even though they're struggling like everyone else and instead of trying to fight it the guy just amped up and started creating this persona for for himself for as a dickhead yeah he isn't a dickhead Uh, his fans keep insisting that he's a very cool guy but he's been labeled that and he's like a smart businessman so he literally he wears t-shirts to piss off uh, he, the
0: audience members because you know that's going to generate… Oh, so that's become his persona now? Yeah.
2: In he fact, that time. he's the music was always kind of elementary in that band but it was about angst and about like… Which band? Uh, I'm talking about Amur.
0: Okay. Amur, if you're listening, uh, we love you man.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're lo- we love what you're doing, anyway. <laughs> we love your business plan. But the guy, the guy basically was just a singer, and then suddenly it became about him, and then he got electrocuted at a show where the mic like gave him a buzz. Okay, yeah. And then everyone saw this as this huge poetic justice moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he was a douche. And oh, then he, yeah. but the thing is, if you listen to their music, uh, the beginning it was all about angst and relationships and just like kid stuff. Yeah. But then as his notoriety grew, he very smartly started to write lyrics like these, uh, you know, come at me and I'll fucking punch you in the face because I don't care and the fucking world can go to hell. And Suddenly, he's constantly calling everyone out and being a complete asshole. And I realized this guy's totally playing a role.
0: And then the bridge is like, okay makes the best windbreaker. <laughs> or like, way makes the best windbreaker. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's
2: we're, we're at next level propaganda shit where you would actually, the way you'd advertise it is you'd be like, You'd still do the lyrics about burning it all down. Yeah. Everything, the Kmart, the Seven Eleven. Yeah. Burn down the Sears. <laughs> burn down the. <laughs> burn down the Facebook office.
1: <laughs>
2: Try to like that, yo, and like you actually are dropping subtle commercials while still. We talked about this, right? The, yeah. uh, the um, subversive clothing at Simon's, the punk section. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how you can you buy you can buy ready ready to go like, fuck you the man yeah, outfits right so the holes in it and stuff right and then like part of me is like fuck these guys in a mirror but another part of me is like well wait no, this guy's kind of, doing what's best for business right, he's already in a genre that's not for mass consumption, touring costs money there's a, okay so bands, this is a question I have for you. Hmm. Has the internet like just blown up the band number? Like, are there more bands than ever, or is, have there always oh, yeah. been this many bands? Oh, there's more than ever. It's like, it's like a trillion bands.
3: Yeah, it's not just internet, it's the accessibility of the, the equipment and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Well, the I same mean, way that we're recording a podcast right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, you can go into the Garage Band, but
0: throw a few already like pre-recorded loops in, sing a couple of words, and you have a song. That's it. And, and then put a name to it, and then put it on iTunes, you're competing with all the big boys. You're and is that good or bad? Uh, I would say that it's uh, uh, there's, it's not either. There's, there's good elements to it and there's bad elements to it. The good element is that now you don't need the middleman so much, like the big record labels that have fucked everybody over forever, they're like panicking because we're they, realizing more and more that they're not needed. Uh, the bad is that there's just so much noise. there's such a flood of content there's so much noise that it's very difficult uh, for for anything that's actually like really has artistic merit to it to, to I mean, you have to
3: actively seek filters to filter out all the noise. And that, and going back to the songs uh, stuff, right? That's yeah. what increases the demand for this curated yes. content to absolutely. make a radio station out of all this noise. Yeah, absolutely. And then nobody's really going and taking the effort to go and find something that's cool. It's so much work, man. Like, it is when's,
0: when's the last time you you found new music that you really love? Like,
2: actually, it's exhausting. I'll download like. Three albums, four albums. I'll load them up on my phone. I'm all hyped because now I got. Yeah. And then, I just like, I realize the only way I can actually listen to it really is if I put only one or two albums on my phone at a time. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's option paralysis, and it's and it's a skip, and I don't know what mood I'm in, and it's, just, it's a complete clusterfuck, and the album doesn't, it doesn't go in.
3: I get a lot of my music from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you give me a lot of the. And I spend... Just events. to be clear,
2: that was Richard talking to Right. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Richard.
3: Hi, Richard. get a lot of the music that I listen to from you, Danny. <laughs> okay. I like that I
0: have recorded evidence of this.
3: Yeah. Uh, Actually, <laughs> I think there might be some people who would be interested in that. Why don't you give us a view? Yeah, seriously. Things, what we, like, what are some of the stuff that you're listening to now? You stop banging the table. You stop banging. You were doing doing this before. Fire in a hole. (laughs) (laughs) That ends all all arguments. If someone yells,
2: that's new rule. Everyone yells out, "Fire in a hole No matter what argument we get in it. it And let's let's get into arguments because not enough podcasts get into TIFFs and okay. we could maybe get controversy man controversy, controversy. You Fuck you be- in your arguments man i don't want to get into arguments. <laughs> you won't believe like how man- you guys you won't believe how many times richard banged the table yeah. <laughs> unless you I'll click bang
3: the table as often as i five want. reasons that richard always bangs the table <laughs> i will bang the table
2: all right all right so uh okay so amidst all this noise uh Tell me, tell us first how you find new music and yeah. what
3: are you? What yeah, do you... we'll, we'll stick some, some links in the description. Yeah. If well, people are interested.
0: Yeah. Uh, to be honest, there has this, there's, there's, there hasn't been all that much lately. And I think one of the reasons behind that is that, uh, I think people are moving more towards, uh, just tracks, individual tracks where I'm very much an album guy, like mm-hmm. all of my favorites. Bands or artists have albums that I can put on from beginning to end and not have to skip songs. Okay, and such like, as? Such as, well... Uh, okay Computer? Okay Computer, beginning to end, brilliant, you know. Uh, Mars Volta, uh, De La in the Comatorium, uh, beginning to end, brilliant. But uh, that's
2: also because we don't know where the songs start and begin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or end, I mean.
0: <laughs> the Strokes, is this it? That, that first album, beginning to end. Really, uh, okay. there's like a bunch of these, but none of these are current, new artists at all, and maybe I'm just a little bit like uh, I'm just getting older and more stubborn and stuck in my ways. But they don't I don't make think. music like they used to.
2: But wait, but that's also like a silly requirement that we impose on music, right? Like, oh, it's from. Oh, but I, I've I've heard that band two years ago. Why are we still talking about like it, bands need to be new? Yeah. All the time. I got into
0: the Beatles hardcore when I started when I started guitar lessons. I was coming in. My guitar teacher was saying like, uh, um, bring in some songs instead of just teaching me like all the scales and everything. Was yeah. bring Bringing some songs on cassette tape, you <laughs> know, and, I'll, uh, and wow. I'll teach you how to play them
2: on A track. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Exactly. On vinyl. <laughs> uh, I'm so old man. <laughs> Can't believe you're seven years older than me. <laughs>
2: Fire in the hole. <laughs> Fire in the hole.
3: Anyway,
0: so you were saying. <laughs> and then he showed me. Uh, so I was bringing like Nirvana and Green Day, which is all power chords, stuff. Sure. And then he was like, this is all good, but there's better. And he showed me the Beatles. And I got it to the Beatles from like the ages of 10 to 13. I listened exclusively. Rich can, can, tell, he, he can uh, confirm this. I listened exclusively to the Beatles for Mm -hmm. three years.
3: You like the Beatles? All I was doing. It's true. I can confirm this. Do you actually like the Beatles? Uh, I mean, who doesn't like the Beatles? I don't think I like the Beatles. Some people really don't like the Beatles. I think this podcast is over. Yeah. Fire (laughs) the hole.
0: I mean,
2: uh, very briefly, this is not about... um, It's not that I don't like their music. I mean, then again, you can't just say I you don't like the Beatles because they've had so many iterations, right, of their music. Yeah. But I think part of my resistance to the Beatles has always been because it's everybody constantly tries to shove it down your throat. Yeah. Everyone's agreed that the Beatles are the best band ever or did at certain points. So, like, nobody shut the fuck up about the Beatles ever. And then some you know, part of me that resents authority, and yeah, you know, well, in you, fuck you it's... dad, fuck you dad, yeah. but also honestly I don't like, I, I mean, I, a lot of their stuff is amazing, I just, I don't like, it, it was not a life changing thing for me, and I think that the reason that, the, because that's not okay, mm-hmm. there's no place for being okay with the Beatles and not, oh my god, uh, I resented them, but anyway, so you were into them, hardcore, for a long time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the only reason we got into it is because we we're saying, does it have to be current for yeah. it to, you know, like we're, you know, I, you guys are asking me for for musical suggestions, and honestly, uh, there isn't that much these days that I really love because because I don't hear a lot of albums that are coming out, like real albums.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, where are you getting it from? Like, what's your source? Do you have a source? Do you have a friend or a website I tend or?
0: to. I tend to. I go to. Uh, I go to a website called hasitleaked.com, <laughs> Nice. And it's usually just like it's showing you all of the albums that have leaked today. hmm uh, and I go into that feed and I see I just look at all of the all of those albums and, and then luckily it, it gives you a little SoundCloud link usually to go and listen to, to one or two of the songs. Okay. I'll go and listen to one or two of the songs, and then if I like it, I'll go and download. Mm-hmm. The album It's funny um, right
3: because the, 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 the pirating sites are one of the, the most reliable places to know exactly what's coming out regardless yeah. of what label it's under or whatever. yeah every yeah. other source is like the legit source it comes from this record company or comes from that distribution company or whatever yeah. and they're limited to just the things that are coming out of, out of their pipeline. Right. And not what's out there for everybody. So these like kind of non-branded uh, sources, the pirated sources, even if you intend to buy the music, is a great yeah. place to go and find out what to, yeah. what what's available now. And regardless. sometimes you'll so. get
0: albums that are coming out through the mainstream channels. You'll get them three months before they come out. Right, hmm. and you can like really kind of see the game that's being played mm-hmm. a little bit. Where, like, yeah. You know. uh, uh, like uh, marketing releases. Yeah, right yeah, now? exactly. Movies like that, movies as well, right? It takes forever for it to actually come out. The work is done. The work's been done. What by the time it actually comes out, the work's been done for like a year.
2: Yeah, you know? but there's there's such things as release schedules of companies and studios, yeah. right? Yeah. And they get they have these big meetings uh, about like, is it the right time? Is it part of our branding? Because branding is everything now. Yeah. So if you're doing all Twilight, uh, Maze Runner, Divergent type shit and you just happen to be sitting on this brilliant like psycho, psycho drama directed by some European guy, you want to release it, but you're like, no, no, next quarter, next quarter, that's when we're going to do. In the fall, in the fall we're going to do a lot of some psycho drama, serious films, but right yeah. now we're raking in that summer money, right? So I'm guessing right. this happens to albums. But, but it sits tough. on the
3: shelf for, for a long time for, for yeah, so, for long time. and that's been <clears throat> a problem with the music industry for a long time. Yeah, to right? like, get shelved, right? Albums will get shelved, and then you're stuck because yeah. you've signed on with the label. You can't do anything else, yeah. and you're like, it's, what do you do at that point? broken up
0: bands. There's uh, some buddies of mine were in a band called Parlor, and uh, they they started to get some heat, but like you know, uh, a while after their first album was recorded, so they, so then they get a record deal. They're they end up recording a second album, but the, the label is like, no, you still have to tour on the first album for like a year or two before we're even going to release this second album. And they were so tired of their shit at that point. They've been touring on these same songs for so long hmm. that they, they hated it. And then they broke up because they hated it so much. You right. know? Yeah. Or you hear about these bands that get a record deal after working for
2: five, ten years. Yeah. And then they get the record and then the company gets absorbed by some bigger record company who doesn't love them particularly. Yeah. And will just sit on their album and they're like, no, but we made our album for now. Like we need to release this now. It's, it's relevant to the times. Yeah. And it will just die on a shelf somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is done with all kinds of content. But what I wanted to get back to, you were, you were saying about how pirate sites and illegal sites sometimes are the most reliable pulse of what's coming. That used to be the role of radio before the corporations and everything like ate all of that stuff. Yeah. Those like little sweaty dudes and with you know like the Wolfman and the ow, WKP T P Z like right, those little radio dudes that used to like have funny personas. Yeah. That's how it used to get started, right? Before the corporations programmed and everything, they'd be like, Man, I've been listening to these sweet sounds, like you gotta hear
0: this band. They're like tearing it up in the go whiskey go They gang. were actually curating music yeah. as the as right now what we what we have with we're talking about with songs and everything that's what people are looking for now is people to be filters to find good music yeah the Uh, same way that like morning radio guys are now used to be
2: just guys that could keep your attention going and now they just hire a bunch of comedians
0: uh and then everyone is playing the same music yes and it's same five songs same five songs and it's you as a as a radio personality as a dj or whatever you have absolutely no say as to what songs are going to be played In unless fact, you're on a super super like software probably like uh, CTNT, university radio station university radio station whatever yeah. then you actually get to but even that now it's even it's that great, yeah, like yeah. cuz people see that record uh, record labels and stuff they're going after those guys too and giving them incentives to play their shit too yeah. like they know
2: yeah no, I mean, uh, the, the corruption of that system goes back quite a bit, but
0: yeah.
2: uh, the, the, there always used to be like a, I guess radio was kind of the first internet,
3: maybe. Yeah, I guess so
2: because TV yeah. you can get in on it, right It was controlled by a very small yeah. uh, group of people. Cinema was certainly uh, there was a historically a concentrated effort to like stomp, stomp out anything that wasn't part of the Hollywood system. They did that with uh, the censorship system and the Hollywood codes. But radio was kind of the thing where like you could put together an antenna somewhere in your backyard and then have like that pirate transmission. Yeah. And that became a thing and now we guess we're seeing
3: it again, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you have going on in your earbuds right now? Yep. Yeah. Right now. Let's Actually, see.
2: wait, can I can I supplant your question sure. with, with another question? Uh, what are you working on right now? That's what That's going to be my next
0: question. Okay. Well, well. Which one would you like me to answer first? Yeah, go with his question. That's fine. What well, am I yeah. working
2: on right yeah. now? Yeah. So the current band you're working with, your current yeah. project is called yeah. Holster. Holster. Yeah. Okay, and and yeah, talk tell us about that.
0: It's uh, it's a three piece band that uh, I think part of the idea behind it was just to to do something with the smallest amount of members possible because. Uh, Musicians are the worst, uh, <laughs> there's, also the like, yeah, there's a real epidemic of flakiness among everybody. Artists period. Not only artists, people. but everybody. People. People are uh-huh. f- so flaky these days. So getting five people to put, to ev- everybody show up at, at one time on a like, regular basis to practice is almost impossible at this point. It's almost impossible. So I feel like the, the fewer members that you have in the, in the band, the more, the better chances you have that everybody's gonna show up. <laughs> that know? makes sense. It makes Every sense. time you add another member, there's like another person to flake out. There's probably yeah. like, yeah, if we did a study, there'd be like a 300% increase suddenly
2: in yeah. Like incidents. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so power trio. Power Trio, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, You're doing guitar singing? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then who else is in this band? Uh, Jeremy, uh, who's my one of my oldest and best friends. Jeremy Waynes? Okay. Jeremy Wiggins, yeah. Wiggins? Yeah. I always thought it was Waynes. Wayans? Jeremy yeah. Waynes. <laughs>
2: I thought it was. So he's, see, the other he's, he's the other Waynes. He's the other <laughs> brother. <laughs> Waynes' brother. So Wiggins is how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, see, every day you learn things. Here you go. So Jeremy Wiggins,
3: so, uh, who else? We love you, Jer.
0: Love we you, love Jer. you, Jer. Oh, I, I so fucking love Jer. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm a bassist. His name is also, his name is Dan. And uh, yeah, just the three of us, we get, we have a really simple jam space right now. Mm-hmm. There's no windows or anything. It's like, there's nowhere to sit. All you have, you walk into that room and the only thing you can do is get behind your instruments and be productive. There's something kind of cool to that. Like I'm realizing that um, not having the option to do, to just chill out and yeah. sit on the couch. It's like going and, to
2: a restaurant without any fucking screen TVs playing. Yes, yeah, like, like all you can
0: do is, is work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's been really cool. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the current project. It's very, um, I would say it's somewhere between uh, rock and metal. So mm-hmm. we don't fully fit in with rock people, we don't fully fit in with metal people. I like it already. That's been the uh, story of my life, is that whatever band I'm in doesn't really fit into any particular scene or, or right. genre. But I'm okay with that. <laughs>
2: so have you, have you recorded
0: anything yet? We're just about to put out uh, okay. three song a no, 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 three
2: song EP. So we're definitely gonna have you back, but uh when you do in fact uh, put out some of this stuff, uh yeah. we'd we'd love to you know, that's something we should do in Fire Hall. We should, you know, at least play an excerpt, if not the whole thing.
3: For sure. And we can we can link to it. We well. can link to if it you guys, as well. If if you want. Can write you guys a jingle.
2: Oh no. <laughs> and That'd be I, great. My, you want to do our intro song the reason I reacted to that immediately is because you wrote me a jingle once <laughs> and it's still haunting me to this day <laughs>
0: oh we should, play, we should play that I have the
2: DVD somewhere where you uh-huh. recorded it live if I can get a, a sample of it I will endure the humiliation just to, to, share, to share the fun yeah. <laughs> I don't mind poking fun at myself but uh, yo, by all means yeah. ok cool So listen, uh, thank you for being our first guest. Yeah, of course. And uh, this may become a like legendary thing that people are gonna use to to haunt you with later if this becomes, uh, you know, people start listening to the show.
3: Yeah, I hope I haven't said anything too damning. (laughs) Oh, I think you did great. <laughs> no, no, you did great, but also you know, if, if you did say anything, I'll we'll just pretend that I said it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. nice. Yeah. It's again. Yeah. Yes, there's no evidence that I said this. It no. could have easily been Richard. damn it! Yeah. This is
2: this is deep. This Plugin. is next yeah. level. That's yeah. yeah. so
3: it. You got plausible deniability, man. Yeah.
2: Plus, like you, you also have, uh, you know, like I said, if we, this takes off, in which we're hoping, well, uh, you'll be able to be like, well, you know, uh, you know, these guys were about something in the beginning, you know, before the sponsorships and yeah. I just, you know, they were they, they they believed in something, and then it was just sad to see them become yeah, wearing
3: K ways. I would just like to say that the K way is the best jacket out there. <laughs> the K way, it really is.